0: What is good, everybody? This is Show Your Stripes. My name is Will, and this is episode number six, I believe, of our podcast. I'm joined, by as always, by Allie.
1: Hey, guys, what's up? Um, you know, we're coming off of an interesting weekend and interesting series against the Minnesota Twins. And, you know, with the trade deadline on Tuesday, I mean, I guess we have a lot to talk about with all of that happening.
0: Yeah, first up, we're going to go ahead and just kind of, like, Touch on the the, uh, ser- the two games we didn't cover in Toronto because we're not going to really, there was not much to talk about in those games. Let's be honest. Both those games were kind of washes because nothing happened in them.
1: No, I mean, we scored a few runs between those two games. We had four runs, but I mean, there was nothing crazy about our offense or defense those games.
0: The only thing that I think happened on Saturday was the the fact that Derek Law made his first his Tigers debut, and he was the first major league pitcher in history to in his in his first outing of the season, I believe, was to hit a batter, commit an error, walk a man, and a home run, give up a home run. Yeah, and it was all in the same inning. Yeah, that was
1: definitely interesting to watch.
0: yeah, it was not pretty because because Derek Law was clearly not supposed to be there, and he was only there because Chafin was not vaccinated at the time, and he didn't show. And that's who apparently was the best option down in Toledo to bring up.
1: yeah, that shocks me a little bit just based on, I mean, seeing him again play today. But I don't know. I don't know how we didn't have anyone else better to bring up, but, you know, I guess, we just have to go with it. I mean, hopefully they send him back down to work on that, but, you know, who knows what's going to happen with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's really all you really can say about that game because it was a complete wash. And um, and then obviously on Sunday there was the game on Peacock where the score was 4-1. to one. There was literally nothing interesting. It was basically just another case of Team other team scores more runs than the Tigers. Tigers offense does legitimately nothing.
1: Literally just three hits, and the only reason we were on the board that day is because of
0: Baez's home run. So we had more more errors than we did hits that game, which is embarrassing. Yeah,
1: I don't know but, what it is. There's just too many errors lately, like way too many. And I mean now, I believe Baez is the leader in MLB with the amount of errors. I think he has. 15 now,
0: Yeah, that's the last time about I, saw. Right. I I'm going to check it right now, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was last I checked it. Let's see.
1: I mean, it's just unacceptable. Like, it's too much. Too many. Every game, we leave every game with at least one error.
2: Yep, it's
0: Baez with 15, but he's also tied with Bobby Witt Jr. now. So... Yeah. Just yeah.
1: too many. For the for the amount that you're paying him, it's too much. It's too many. There's no reason there should be that many errors being committed every game.
0: Yeah, it was that game on Sunday was a complete wash, especially considering it was at noon, noon start. And literally nothing nothing good happened in that game. It seemed like Javi Baez and Javi Baez was the only one who decided to show up.
1: Yeah. Definitely uh, not the greatest way to end that series, so we ended up winning only one game out of that four-game series against the Blue Jays. So,
0: All right. Now that we've got that out of the way, now we could talk about the fun stuff. I guess if you mm-hmm. want to go ahead and call it that, if it's really fun at all, because these last three games were, were, it seemed like only one of, it's another tale of the Tigers show up for one game of the three-game set.
1: Yeah, that seems to be pretty on par for how it's been lately. I mean, you get one game of hope and then the rest are just usually a little bit disastrous. I mean, today, the okay. I feel, I mean, the series in general, just like overall what we had, I think it was 39 strikeouts this past series or four, 39 to 40, somewhere around that number.
0: Like I Monday, mean,
1: yeah. There's just nothing coming from the offense.
0: Yeah, um the game on Monday, obviously, the Tigers lost 5 to 3 and I'll give them credit they actually held the lead for most of that game it seemed. Yeah. But um the ninth,
1: definitely an interesting way for us to get to the 10th inning there.
0: Yeah, was, the um we held they had a two nothing lead all the way into the bottom of the eighth when uh, now ex Tiger Michael Fulmer came in and blew the blew the two run lead that we had. And um they should probably should have walked it off in the ninth, let's be honest. But the um but Nick Gordon got yeah, picked off at third base and And really, that's the only reason the uh, game didn't end in the ninth inning.
1: Yeah, and then in the 10th, they were able to tie it 3-3, and then you had Urshela hit a two-run homer in the bottom of the 10th, which allowed them to win that game. So, I mean, they definitely were fighting their way to win that one, but it just wasn't enough.
0: Yeah, it seemed like, I mean, especially considering Badu was the one who got the RBI in the 10th that made a 3 2 Tigers lead. It felt Mm -hmm. like. It felt like to me it was another one of those cases where, because we've seen this before, where the Twins will end up walking us off in some bizarre fashion. I mean, at least it wasn't as heartbreaking as that other play that I will not mention any further than that. But, um. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely frustrating because you thought a guy like Lang would be able to shut the door and his stuff was just not there that night. And, you know, they
1: – and obviously, I mean, you look at it and you had Badu get the RBI and, I mean, he struck out, I think, every other at-bat so that day. So, I mean, I at mean, least we saw some improvements. I know since he came back, he's been on – a stretch of not being able to hit. So, I mean, it was that was definitely nice to see, but it just wasn't enough to get us to that point of winning. I don't know what it is about the Twins, but it seems to happen very frequently to us.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at the numbers here. Tigers only had five hits, those coming from Victor Reyes, Harold Castro, Willie Castro, Tucker Parnhart, believe it or not, and Akil Badu. Oh, yeah, and those two
1: are... I mean, those two RBIs were from Barnhart that day, which was honestly shocking. I mean, he had a really good day. Like, that was a really good game for him. Because that was his first game, I think, all season. He's had more than one RBI.
0: And he got to 11 on the season, which is embarrassing, let's be honest. Yeah.
1: I mean, literally, basically had a quarter of the amount he had previously for the rest of the season, just on that night alone.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. Obviously, Scooble started the game on Monday. He went five innings, ended up having to leave with, um, with left arm. Was it was a forearm tightness, and I remember mm-hmm. like when that something like that when they started when he left the game. Everyone was like, "Oh, he got traded. He got traded." And I, and I was like, "No, I I don't think he would have left the game." With the guy warming up in the pen like that, if there wasn't, if it wasn't an injury, because we've seen it enough.
1: Yeah, I definitely was one of those people that were worried, and I'm very glad that it didn't end up didn't end up being the case of him getting traded. i really now I know today he got put onto a 15 day IL, so hopefully he is able to come off of that after the 15 days because we definitely need him here but i'm hoping that it's nothing too serious because i know they're just trying to be extra cost cautious because of all of our starting injuries
0: i mean it seems about fitting we bring matt manning back from the injured list and scoogle gets injured for the first time all season
1: yeah basically it's very i mean it's just on par with how the season has gone and i know we say that a lot but it's mean i mean i don't even know what else to say about it at this point.
0: I'm looking and we got uh best went in and pitched the sixth. He had no no issues. Joe Jimenez uh, dominant as always. Michael Fulmer was the reliever who blew the save in the eighth the the in the last time he ever pitched as a Detroit Tiger. He went one third of an inning, allowed four hits, two runs all earned, and struck out one and um, fortunate, it was fortunate enough not to take the loss. Soto had to come in, obviously, and I'll give him credit. Soto ended up actually being effective after more than one inning.
1: Who would have thought that'd come? But I honestly was shocked.
0: Yeah, I don't think anyone. I don't. None of us were anticipating that to be the case.
1: No, not after we've seen multiple times this season that obviously not going into our favor, and I mean. The game itself did not go into our favor, but it wasn't on him, which is something that I usually feel we don't say.
0: Yeah. Um, And then obviously Lang, like I said, came in in the 10th, gave up the game-tying single, I believe, and then Gio Urshela walked it off on an absolute nuke to center field, which, of course, would not have been out at Comerica Park, just to make it even worse.
1: Before I saw that that pitch was gone, I really secretly was hoping that Riley Green was going to do one of his um, immaculate catches in center field, but just was a little bit too far out of reach for that one.
0: Yeah, I thought so too. I thought he at least, by the way he read it off the bat, I thought he might have had a shot at maybe robbing it, but it just kept carrying over the wall in center field at target field there. Yeah. No chance of getting
1: that one and I mean I mean it goes back to it that it just happens very frequently with the twins and at this point I feel like I almost expect it
0: yeah mm. I mean that's all you really that, uh, I mean I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm just a little I mean I've said basically everything that can be said about that game on on Monday yeah
1: moving on to Tuesday's game though it definitely I mean it seems like our offense was a little bit there. I mean, we had a decent amount of hits, I believe. I don't remember the exact number, but...
0: Seven hits on on Tuesday. And that was uh, Matt Manning's first start since, I believe, April?
1: Yeah, April 16th. It definitely... I mean, I think that start actually went pretty decent for him. I know... He, I think he let... He... Allowed, what was it? I think two or three runs, but for his first start back since April, I mean, I don't think we could have expected anything. I mean, and I wasn't expecting anything insane, but I was really hoping it wasn't going to be a complete downfall of a start because I know coming back, I feel like some of our pitchers coming back from the injured list have had rough starts.
0: Yeah. Uh he went five innings, of course, allowed five hits, three runs, one home run to Joe Contreras. It was no no it was it was I'm sorry. It was uh it was I'm sorry. Mark Contreras, whoever that is. And and the uh Tigers ended up winning that one five to three, even though the uh, pitching wasn't, I mean, it wasn't terrible, let's be honest. full The bullpen was effective yesterday. He had fully going an inning, only allowing one hit, walked one, but got out of it. Chafin per, had a perfect inning. Joe had one hit, but got out of it. And then Soto, a flawless ninth.
1: Today, like, these past two days with Soto have been honestly surprising. Like, He's those been- last
0: two games. He's been way more effective recently than, than. Um, as a probably over the past month, he's been lights out at least for the past few few saves, albeit yeah, except for that one against the Padres last week. He hasn't had any real issues.
1: No, it's nice not having the stress of that because I definitely, I mean, I know a lot of people feel that way, but get very stressed out when they see him come to the mound. So. It's definitely a nice it was a nice feeling not to have that kind of anxiety watching the game.
0: Yeah. I'm looking at the numbers here. You had Riley Green and Javi Baez all had both had two hits yesterday. Eric Haas had a hit. Jonathan Scope had a hit and RBI. Riley had two of those RBIs. Baez had one and Badu had a hit and another RBI for him. And and it was just a struggle. For the rest of the lineup, but the guys who hit hit consistently.
1: Yeah, Green's been doing a lot better. I mean, I know the past few games before this series have been a little rough, and he he was striking out a lot more than usual, but he really seemed to pick it back up these last two games.
0: Yeah, um, and obviously the Twins, uh, the Twins had Chris Archer go out on the mound and. He was effective, at least it seemed, for the first few innings, and he ended up only allowing two runs, walked three, struck out eight. And the only reason we won that game, I'll be honest, is when they brought in Griffin Jacks, because he went one-third of an inning, allowed three hits, three runs, all earned, and and struck out only one batter and walked one. So it seemed like we could only hit off of him. And a little bit of Chris Archer, it seemed, to me at least. Yeah, no, that's definitely
1: how it seemed. I mean, I feel like everyone else this whole series, we have struggled to even just make contact with the ball. Like, it's just been in a ridiculous amount of strikeouts.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was a definitely it's definitely a very high amount of strikeouts this series. Even all the games the game that we won, there was... A total of, let's see here, there was 11, there was, sorry, 13 strikeouts yesterday, which is for a team that won, which is hard to believe.
1: Yeah, that's insane. That is an insane amount of strikeouts. I mean, we weren't even making contact with the ball. So honestly, I'm still shocked that we won yesterday. I mean, I'm glad we won yesterday, but I'm still honestly shocked about it.
0: Yeah. Alright, moving on from yesterday's game now we gotta talk about the snooze fest that occurred at Target Field this afternoon Tigers lose 4-1 to to the Minnesota Twins and let's be honest, I pro- I didn't even watch most of this game and I still feel like I know how the script went let's be honest
1: Basically the only reason we didn't get shut out is because of Riley Green and that is basically the summary of the game I'm
0: looking I mean, at it here. Tigers only had four hits and three of them were from Harold Castro.
2: I mean I mean
1: There's only the, I it was him and Riley then for the game hitting.
0: Yeah, Riley had the and, one hit and that was it.
1: I mean that's crazy. There's no I I mean there was I mean I think we had what, fourteen strikeouts today too?
0: Yeah, fourteen strikeouts, and and I'm looking at here the um, Willie Castro got on base somehow. I'm not sure exactly how he did. It's uh, because he went 0 for three, but got on base and scored a run. I'm I'm not sure what that was about. Maybe it was a an error of some sort. And the only, I mean, I'm looking at we only walked once and struck out 14 times. That's amazing.
1: I mean, that's just crazy to me. That is absolutely, like, I mean, there was nothing happening with it. Like, nothing happening with our offense at all.
0: The Twins pitched, uh, what did they put out there today? They had Joe Ryan out there. He went five innings, allowed only one run, three hits, struck out nine Tigers. And this is a guy who had an an outing in San Diego this past weekend where he allowed ten runs. So to get that dom- get dominated like that out of by him that's just kind of sad not surprising at all yeah, it's just
1: i mean you feel like i feel like this is the one team that no matter how bad the pitcher is we somehow manage to make them look like some cy young amazing pitcher
0: yeah and then I'm looking at here, obviously, the Tigers ended up bringing, or I'm sorry, the Twins. It's kind of hard to believe that I'm saying this. The Twins ended up bringing out Michael Fulmer. <laughs> I'm, so, um, I'm still not used to it.
1: That was so weird to watch. Like, that, I at that point, I was watching the game, and it was just, like, it just didn't feel right. It was just so
0: weird. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of him in the Twins uniform. It just doesn't look right to me. And we'll get into the, all the trades, and probably not even just the tigers ones but um i just saw that and i'm like i saw it on my twitter field cuz i was at the pool and i checked out um uh, i got out and checked twitter for a minute and i see michael Fulmer's pitching for the twins and i'm like oh that that's just not right and of course he allows only one, he went allows only one hit and strikes out one and gets out of the sixth
1: and i can't even imagine like literally he was on your bullpen on Monday and then having to literally bat against him on Wednesday. Like I can't I imagine
0: at the tiger's ho- team hotel.
1: I saw that because I saw that on some Twitter page today that he was still like that. He walked in with the coaches last night.
0: Kind of hard to, hard to believe I mean, cause I know he wasn't the only guy who got traded to the team that, his original team was facing because I believe who uh, Christian Vasquez of the Red Sox was one of them. But um, it just seems weird to be playing for one team like that you've been with your entire career. And then you get traded the next day to the team that they are playing. And then
1: walking across from one dugout to the other. Yeah. Like, that's just so
0: weird. But, um, Move back on. We got Caleb Fieldbar, went one inning, did and struck out two Tigers. Um, Duran one inning, walked one, struck out another, and and then the new the newest member of the twins, Jorge Lopez, got the save for the Minnesota Twins as the Tigers offense was anemic as it always is. At least that's how it seemed to me. And uh, like I said, I didn't watch most of this game, but the stats do speak for themselves. I mean, four hits and three of th- and three of them come from one guy.
1: Yeah, like that shouldn't be happening. It should not just be coming down to one to two players actually allowing for us to get a run or even win a game. I mean, it's just... Hard. It's hard to watch when there's nothing to watch. I mean, you watch them and they're basically coming and just striking out on half of their plate appearances.
0: I mean, to be honest, the lineup today was pretty embarrassing in its own, right? Just because obviously, we got the news before the game today that Miguel Cabrera is not going to be playing as much as he has been because his his uh, right knee has been is bothering him again. and we know that's been an issue for him over the past. At least four seasons. but, um, him not being in the lineup seemed to kind of hurt the vibe of the of the team, at least to me, yes, yeah,
1: so I agree. And it just makes you realize that his end of his career is coming closer. And it's definitely just like hard to picture that because I feel like it's just such a like Mickey's the center of the dugout. So not having him there I mean I don't know I mean I know that's probably not until next season but still I'm hoping that with him sitting out a few more games this season that he's able to still perform and be able to get those hits that he has been getting this season when he does play
0: yeah um I think we can move on from this game and now we can go ahead and talk about the trade deadline, because, or should I say, what Al Avila's trade deadline is, because there was a complete. It was a very. Uh, it seemed like Al did not know what the when the deadline even was. To be honest. Oh yes, it definitely
1: felt like that. It. I mean, I just kept waiting for something to come through, and I mean, we did get the one the night before, but I felt like it was just a waiting game and nothing happening.
0: Obviously the Tigers on it was on Monday night after the game they traded away um Robbie Grossman who I could not believe we ended up trading away at least we were able to find somebody who would trade for him. We traded him to the Atlanta Braves for let's see here, I forgot his name. I just gotta find it here. Where are we at? Sorry, I'm just
2: we're almost there. I mean, I'm just okay, hold on.
0: it was August first. I'm just looking I'm just like scrolling through an article here. I know it's kind of it was It was chris Anglin, a f- a pitcher who I believe was in low ball low a ball in the Braves organization, and he had he had a four point three e r a in. This in this season with seventy one strikeouts, sixty three and two thirds innings, and um, and he's twenty four and he's still in low A ball, which is concerning, especially considering it's another pitcher.
1: I feel like I definitely wasn't fully expecting him to be traded. To be honest, I really that wasn't on my radar of someone actually being traded off the team. But I definitely feel. Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't really feel we have necessarily benefited or did not benefit from that trade. I don't really know. But I mean, do we really honestly need another pitcher is what I'm feeling because, I mean, you look at our season and you obviously can see that it's our offense has been the biggest struggle. But yet here we are making trades for more pitchers. I don't know. That's just how I'm feeling about it. But
0: I mean, I know that if Grossman didn't get traded, he'd probably get designated for assignment after the deadline passed anyway because it was pretty clear to me that he was not going to be in this organization past the deadline regardless of what happened because he was yeah. he was pitiful over his last few games as a Tiger.
1: Yeah, definitely not easy to watch. He just automatically basically knew the second he got up there that it was going to be a strikeout.
0: But, yeah, the main main trade that we uh, have to discuss here, at least for the Tigers, that really at least annoyed me to an extent that was ridiculous, uh, the Tigers on, I think it was like 20 minutes before the deadline, decided to, or Al decided to trade Michael Fulmer to the Minnesota Twins for Sawyer Gibson Long, who is a 24-year-old pitching prospect, sixth-round pick in 2019, who has a 7 ERA and double-A. Doesn't make any sense to me. Like,
2: Like, I understand
0: understand that you want to get some guys in the pen, or at least in the system that to be pen players in the future, but like, for crying out loud, the guy's got a 70 already. Right. I don't understand what why um why Al thought, oh, let's go ahead and trade uh a, a one of our best relievers for fucking table scraps.
2: No, I
1: mean it just doesn't make
0: sense. And of course he decided not to trade um Everybody else, like, he decided not to trade Soto, no, he didn't trade Chafin, he didn't trade, I mean, hell, he didn't trade Haas either, I mean, there were probably, he could, if he was smart, he probably could have, like, packaged some of these guys together and decently gotten some good prospects out of it, but no, this is Alavila we're talking about, and he's got the IQ of probably a P, so,
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, I just feel like we did not benefit at all from either of the trades. I mean, I mean, you look at Fulmer and he's been with the organization for quite a bit of time. And I mean, he is a, a very good reliever. So to just basically get that trade for not much out of it, I don't know. It just didn't make sense to me. And it definitely, it definitely pissed me off a little bit, especially, and it's not... Not to, it's not just the fact that we were. I mean, it was definitely weird seeing him play against the Tigers today, like we discussed. But I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I understand that Al's gonna be gonna say like, oh, well, we we needed uh, we need bullpen arms, but he like he's even said I think after the deadline that there were too many bullpen arms on the market, and I'm like, bull, fucking shit. No, there were there were not enough bullhorn arms on the market you probably just thought what you were asking for was way too high so you and when nobody wanted to do it you said oh fuck it i'll take peanuts
1: i mean i mean that's been a big thing i feel with us overall is that we haven't really gotten anything out of our trades the past few years but i don't and know i just feel like you know, i feel it's like
0: until Avila is out of the, out of a job cuz we're not we cannot develop a lot of the guys we can develop we can develop like pitching yes but like it's hard to develop hitting and apparently we it's like or the logic here is we have the worst offense in major league history right now so let's add more pitching
1: so why not why not actually try to get Someone, at least one person, that we can bring in to increase our, our, like our hitting and our offense, because it's obviously the one thing that we need. But yet, no, we're not gonna do that. Because why would we?
0: No, when was the last time Avila traded away a player on our team for a hitting prospect? And I think that don't get me, I don't quote me on this, but I feel like it could have been Willie Castro. It's been a while
1: hasn't been recent so i i don't know what that shows but it obviously just shows that we're not trying to actually create more of a winning team here i mean our averages our batting averages are just so low on the team right now that it's just it's hard to watch when you have all of these other teams or even like the other teams that were making these trades to just increase their power. I mean I don't know. There's just a lot of teams that I feel benefited off the trade deadline a lot more than they did with us,
0: yeah. Speaking of other teams, obviously, the big the big uh, trade splash was Juan Soto and Josh Bell going from the Washington Nationals and to the. Uh, San Diego Padres for basically half the organization when when they traded away Luke Voit, Mackenzie Gore, C.J. J. Abrams, Robert Hassell the third, and James Wood and Jarlin So They traded away six players for two.
1: That's crazy. That is that's a lot. That is a lot to trade.
0: Off. It's only because um, the Nationals didn't want to pay. They didn't want to pay sort of what his market was worth and I understand that um you're you got to cut corners somewhere but the dude's like one of the best players in baseball. You got to pay him like that. You can't cut corners with a guy of his nature.
1: No. And I know that that trade insanely upset the Nationals fans as well. I mean, they all knew it was coming, but I just feel this. there was a lot of drama that happened within this trade deadline.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't even know who the Nationals... What the, was their lineup today? I want to see this. So I want to see, like, who did they put out there on the field the day after they traded away the, one of their best players in recent memory? You've got Victor Robles, um, Luis Garcia,
2: Yadiel Hernandez... Um
0: Joey Meneses Kaber Uiz, Cesar Hernandez, Lane Thomas, Josh Palacios, and Esmeral Vargas, I believe. Yeah, Air Yeah. The ex uh the ex Cub. I mean, if that's not a minor league lineup, I don't know what is.
1: I mean they lost their game today, didn't they? I think yeah, they,
0: they are five to the New York Mets.
1: yeah, I mean, that's I'm very interested to see how the um Padres game goes tonight. I'm very interested to see that score because I know it's not until later, but I mean, it should
0: be at nine, I think. I think it's at nine. It should be starting soon. It Could be wrong though. I'm trying to see it here. Let's see. Yep 940 940 at uh, Padres and Rockies and Soto and Josh Bell make their first appearance as a member of the San Diego Padres and and I, I mean, mean that, I, that lineup is just insane. Like to what me. is I got to see what their lineup is tonight. They got Jerks and Pro Far batting first and playing left field. Juan Soto in right field. Manny Machado at third base, Josh Bell at first base, Jake Cronenworth at fifth and batting second. Uh, another in the acquisition, Brandon Drury, batting sixth and playing designated hitter. Corey Alfaro, seventh and catching. Trent Grisham in center field. And Ha-Sung Kim is the shortstop. They've got eight of their nine. I'm sorry, uh, seven of the nine guys in that lineup have ho- more than 10 home runs this season. That's an
1: insane lineup. I'm very, I'm, I mean, I just feel it's going to be an interesting second half now with the rest of these players that joined. I'm very interested to see how the rest of this season goes with that because I feel and there was definitely some teams that benefited very highly off of this trade.
0: And, of course, the uh, Tigers are – we've got a lineup where we have only two guys who hit ten. Two t- guys. They've got seven. We've got ten – or two. I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: and that's just in their lineup for today, not yet for the rest of their team. So. And
0: that's excluding Tatis, and obviously his numbers aren't – he's been injured all these – this entire season, but well, I'm sure when he comes back he's going to hit the cover off the ball.
1: Yeah, Definitely
0: the other trades know. here we have we got uh Joey Gallo headed to the Dodgers for right-handed pitcher Clayton Beater I don't even know who that is but um yeah that one was interesting because I feel like knowing it's the Dodgers they're going to revive Joey Gallo's career
1: yeah that wouldn't shock me and I mean I know that they were I had a feeling that he was going to get traded just based on how um Gallo's been doing this season
0: but I don't know um, you got uh, I'll just go through a couple of the more important ones and we'll end it uh, you got Jordan Montgomery going to the Yank- going to the Cardinals from the Yankees for Harrison Bader and a player to be named later or cash which is which is very interesting because um Bader's been injured for quite a while And I understand they wanted a guy who can um who can play center field other than Aaron judge. But, um I don't I didn't quite understand that trade.
1: No, I mean, if you've been if they've been injured for a while, that in my mind doesn't one hundred percent make sense. I mean, they probably knew what they were thinking with it. but, I don't know. That's definitely a little bit, that's definitely interesting.
0: Put this out real quick. Um, I'm just reading off of Twitter. And um, obviously, our friend Chris Castellani just put up this tweet here. Uh, Sandy Alcantara has had 10 starts or more this season, or 10 starts this season where he's thrown eight or more innings in a game. And that's in only 22 starts. The Tigers since 2018 have had seven combined. And that's, that's over 649 starts.
1: That's crazy. I just saw that come up on my feed, too. That's absolutely crazy.
0: And I know, um, like, pitching long into games is hard to do in today's game, but, like, what Sandy Alcantara is doing is, not, not like, on another level of insanity. Yeah, uh,
1: that's... That is an insane stat about that. That's crazy.
0: I mean, the Marlins have their first ace since the late Jose Fernandez. I'll be honest with you, and it's been a while. Yeah. Um. Back to the topic at hand here. You've got uh Brandon Marsh going to the to the Phillies for a catching prospect, and I just thought to myself. Okay, that's a Dave Dombrowski move if I've ever seen one. You trade for a guy who has a ton of cle- ton of club control, and you give up one of your best prospects for him.
2: So yeah, I didn't.
0: I understand a Brandon Marsh probably wasn't going to stick around in the Angels system much longer, but like that didn't make sense to me, at least from a Phillies perspective.
2: Yeah, agree. Yeah.
0: This was the one I thought was a hell of an overpay right here. The Mets acquired Darren Ruff, from, or Darren Ruff from the Giants for J.D. Davis, left-handed pitcher Thomas Saputsky, left-handed pitcher Nick Zwack, and right-handed pitcher Carson Seymour. So they traded away four players, one major league player and four and four, um, and three prospects for for Darren Rupp, and I'm not even sure if he's um if he's even been like what his average is or anything because I haven't looked at it. I'm gonna probably look into it right now. But like, I felt like when I heard that trade, I'm like, that's got to be an overpayment because, like, that's what has Darren Rupp been doing for me recently?
1: That is a yeah, that's a large trade, and that is a lot of talent you are giving up for one player so I mean hopefully it was worth it for them but that definitely seems like an overpay for sure
0: yeah Darren Rupp uh this season is hitting 216 with a 701 OPS and 11 home runs and they traded away uh three prospects and a and a major league player for him i just don't quite understand that trade at all.
2: I mean, even I understand he's having
0: like probably one of the better years of his career because like he I'm looking at his numbers here. His average is way down. I don't I just don't understand why they traded to get him. Um
2: no,
1: I I really don't understand it either.
0: Um, and here's another one. Uh former Tiger Matthew Boyd and Kirk Casale head to the Mariners from the Giants for catcher Andy Thomas and Michael Stryfeller. And funny enough, this morning, I, one of the first things I checked was my TikTok account. And one of the videos was from Andy Thomas's uh, girlfriend saying, oh, the, oh, he got traded. We're going to have to like, move, the, move to another city and everything. And I'm like, well oh, man. I feel it sucks for you. It's not my issue.
1: No, I feel like I've been seeing a few of those on TikTok about these families having to move further their from the trades.
0: And it's funny because Matt Bo- Matt Boyd gets traded to the Mariners without throwing an ent- without throwing a single pitch for the San Francisco Giants. I just found that hilarious from a from a from that standpoint. Yeah,
1: that's that's very weird to me. I don't know. That just seems very I really don't understand that, but I mean I don't know. That's definitely interesting.
0: Um some other ones here, Jose Quintana and Chris Stratton to the St. Louis Cardinals for uh from the Pirates from for right-handed pitcher Ho- Ho- Johan Oviedo and third baseman Malcolm Nuñez and I understand that that's the Pirates and are probably going to trade everybody decent on their roster. But why'd they trade in division? I don't quite understand that one. No, that doesn't make any sense to me. Another thing, the Reds, what were the Red Sox doing? Um, they seemed to like trade, like some guys, they traded away Christian Vasquez to the Astros. But then they also added by adding, uh, what was it? Uh, they added Tommy Pham and Eric Hosmer while not trading away J.D. Martinez and any of the other guys that they were rumored of trading away. So I are they just trying to delay the inevitable? Because I feel like they're headed towards a rebuild of some sort.
1: I don't know. that I, I was like looking at that, and that just honestly surprised me with all of that, because I feel like, honestly, that's it, what it seems like they're trying to do.
0: Because I've, make a I've seen another stat. If you remove the month of June, the Red Sox would have the fourth worst record in baseball. They have not been good. And Let the only serious. reason they have a somewhat respectable record is because they went 20-4 and four in the month of June.
1: That's crazy. I mean, I know I know. we've talked about them a little bit, but that I mean, I know they were on a downfall with that, but that is... Honestly, that's crazy
0: to me. Um, Some other ones here. Obviously, Josh Hader headed to the San Diego Padres. That one I didn't quite understand. I did hear the explanation that the Brewers wanted to, like, re- be able to have some prospects for the future, yet also try and contend at the same time. But you traded away your all-star closer, who has basically been unhittable in his entire career, for the guy who blew two saves against the tigers last week and three other pri- three other players yeah that
1: that deal I, I mean i don't know i feel if you're blowing games against the tigers why would you want to inherit that player i don't know i guess that's just how i'm feeling about it but it definitely feels i definitely feel like there was a lot of them that were more one-sided trades rather than both teams benefiting from it.
0: And then you obviously, the one last one I'll probably cover, and then we'll go ahead and probably preview the next series. Um, You've got the Astros acquiring Trey Mancini and Jalen Murray from the Rays as part of a three-team trade that would send Jose Siri to the Rays from the Astros and the Orioles would acquire Seth Johnson from the Rays and Chase McDermott from the Astros. And I feel bad for Trey Mancini in that scenario because the dude the dude was loved by everybody in the Orioles system. Um and I don't quite understand what the Orioles were doing in that scenario because they were 2 games behind in the wild card and yet they decided to sell anyway. Yeah.
1: I don't know. That I know his first game with the Astros, his first hit was a two-run homer. So, I mean, I guess he showed that he's going to play anywhere he goes, but that just I don't know. That doesn't make any sense to me with why they would trade him.
0: I know he w- I mean, no, I, I feel like he w- I think it was a free agent after the season anyway and I and I yeah. know that um he was probably not going to come back just because he I think he was complaining about the dimensions of uh I'm sorry Camden Yards moving the wall back in left field which he's not alone I found that was completely ridiculous and unnecessary but um I'm hoping he can I I mean like a guy like Trey Mancini you'd love to see him win a World Series but I mean the Astros man really that was the
2: team that wanted him
0: But um, but moving on. Um, go ahead, and we'll go ahead and uh, wrap it up here. We'll go ahead and prove, or we'll talk about the next series. The Tigers come home, and we will play the the Tampa Bay Rays. And the Rays will have, let's see, they will have tomorrow. I believe it will be Drew Hutchison for the Tigers against. What's who is this Springs? It's uh, Jeffrey Springs who has a 2.70 ERA and a 3-3 and record against Drew Hutchison, who has a 1-4 and record with a 4.5 ERA. And that game apparently, excluding Valley Sports, it will be on Valley Sports, but it apparently will also be on national TV on Fox Sports 1. So, I guess if you wanted to watch the most anemic offense in the history of the game, go ahead and tune to FS1.
1: Um, they will but, be on national TV. That let's just hope they don't completely bomb offense tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I mean you, really, you can you just hope for something decent out of it. Yes, and then Friday they have a seven ten game at Valley Sports. It'll be Corey Kluber. Wonderful. I, I despise that man. I hate him so much. He owns us. Owned us in the past, and I. Cannot stand to watch him pitch. I fucking despise him. Against a pitcher that has not been named, because who who's spot in the rotation would that have been? It wouldn't have been. Would it have been Scoobles? I think it would have been. Yeah, I think it would have been Scoobles. And obviously, he went on the injured list today. And and um and we'll go ahead and point up the fact of. The Tigers also decided to bring, send down Zach Short one day after calling him up just to bring up Zach, Daz Cameron, which makes me wonder why would you trade or why would you bring up Zach Short if you were going to send him down anyway? Yeah,
1: I have no idea. Like if they, you were just going to bring Daz up, why didn't you just do it two days ago? I don't know. I feel like we've been making a lot of moves back and forth. And recently, there's been a lot.
0: And then, um, obviously, on Saturday, it will probably be the game that I will go to, um, or at least one of the games we go to, because we obviously weren't going to try and go to one together and kind of to hover that at one point. But on Saturday, you've got Shane McClanahan going for the Rays, who has a 2.07 ERA and a 10-4 record against Garrett Hill. And that'll be the game where Lou Whitaker will have his number retired and put up on the wall next to, next to Alan Trammell's number on the bricks out in left field. So um, I'm going to be honest, that game I feel like we're probably going to get owned because Shane McClanahan is a beast and this is the Tigers' offense we're talking about. So,
1: Yeah, I'm not going to be shocked if that's what happens at all. I mean, hopefully it goes another way, but I feel like you just have to expect it at this point.
0: And then Sunday afternoon you've got a... Game at 1:40 p.m. You've got a unknown starter for the Tampa Bay Rays against a against Matt Manning, who will be coming on this, I believe, his fourth start of the season, and he still has not gotten a decision yet. So it'll be interesting, and hopefully, we can get him a win to put on that rec- on that uh, record there.
1: I'm hoping this next start goes better than his first start back, which I definitely think is a very good possibility. So
0: so um, I think we've said everything we needed to say. It's been a long episode, guys, and I know we've kind of been all over the place, but thanks for sticking with us. And yes, like do. I said in the last episode, we'll probably go both do a game where we all both go together and talk about it firsthand from that perspective there or at the game I don't, or when we come back. I'm not sure.
1: Um, yes definitely but we appreciate all the support
0: yeah thanks for listening everybody we always appreciate it and um we will get we will let you know when we get the next episode out it's kind of been eventful over the past week and um thanks for listening guys